0: Today's reading is Luke 4, 1 through 15. It can be found on pages, or on page 948 of the Bibles next to your seats, as well as on the screen. This is God's word. Jesus, full of the Holy Spirit, left the Jordan and was led by the Spirit into the wilderness, where for 40 days he was tempted by the devil. He ate nothing during those days, and at the end of them he was hungry. The devil said to him, If you are the Son of God, tell this stone to become bread. Jesus answered, It is written, People do not live on bread alone. The devil led him up to a high place and showed him in an instant all the kingdoms of the world. And he said to him, I will give you all their authority and splendor, It has been given to me, and I can give it to anyone I want to. If you worship me, it will all be yours. Jesus answered, It is written, Worship the Lord your God and serve him only. The devil led him to Jerusalem and had him stand on the highest point of the temple. If you are the Son of God, he said, Throw yourself down from here, for it is written, He will command his angels concerning you to guard you carefully. And they will lift you up in their hands so that you will not strike your foot against a stone. Jesus answered, it is said, do not put the Lord your God to the test. When the devil had finished all this tempting, he left him until an opportune time. Jesus returned to Galilee in the power of the Spirit, and news about him spread through the whole countryside. He was teaching in their synagogues, and everyone praised him the word of the Lord.
1: Thanks be to God. Will you pray with me? Our God of grace, whether we come come troubled or at peace, whether we come distracted this morning or focused, young or old, doubtful or faithful, we ask that it may, this whole worship service, but now as we listen for your voice, through your word, that it may be something that we can say that we met you today, you met us, and you showed yourself to be good. May we now, in the clutter and noise, may we hear your voice through your Holy Spirit and in the name of Jesus, we pray. Amen. We, um, I plan to terrify you today with how we begin. <laughs> this is a basket. There's a basket down here. And I want you to seriously consider doing this if you want to really enter into this message today. Um, so this is what I'm offering, is a basket where your, your smartphone will be safe during this message and there will be a time where you'll be invited to come and get it a little bit later at the end of my message and that that will be actually a part of the message. So. <laughs> Dan ran up and threw his phone in so I don't know the best way to do this if you want to pass them down or maybe I'll come around and you know you might have to do that do not disturb step you know I'm not heavy really fast I'm actually not trying to pay attention to who hasn't done it but some people haven't (laughs) here it comes this is amazing, this is, I'm making a, making a real haul today. All right, this is getting so heavy, holy moly. Hey, and you're not allowed to, oh, that one was a donation. All right, anybody, is there, yeah, is there, oh yeah, yeah. the whole thing, yeah, the purse too, there you go. Is anybody hiding a laptop in their bag or an iPad? All right. You're not allowed to upgrade either when you get your phone at the end. (laughs) This is really heavy. There's a weight to these things. Today, we're going to talk about Jesus in your smartphone. So, now that we've put that there, let's enter into a moment of wilderness, a moment of quiet wilderness. I invite you just for a second here to close your eyes and just begin. It's going to be maybe a minute or two of silence. Let me just walk us into this silence. Listen for the contours of quiet. And as as you pursue that quiet, become acquainted with your own mind which might be racing notice your thoughts and as we enter into a minute or two of silence you're not being asked here to strain in order to get in touch with God no straining today but let go let go of all straining we're not pushing towards something we're receiving and now as we enter that silence if there is a thought that crosses your mind and there will be many thoughts you're simply asked to gently notice it and let it float away like a tiny empty bubble in the wind God of peace, receive our minuscule act of silence, moment of silence, as a room full of open hearts, we invite you in. You guys, Jesus um, went into the wilderness for 40 days. You know, we just, we didn't even do four minutes of silence there. But Jesus would have, on that wilderness journey, been well acquainted with that dynamic that you just you and I just experienced. We didn't do it in the wilderness, though. We're in a city, and a group of people walked by. I had my eyes open a little bit, because I was looking at what I was going to lean into as we spoke. And I saw this group of people, and I looked, and they were looking in at you guys, because what you're doing was so crazy. And they, they looked and they were looking at the sign. What is that happening in there? What is going on? Nobody does that. Well, Jesus did it. He went into the wilderness for 40 days and he didn't take his smartphone. What did he do? How did he do that? How did he get by? I was talking about this around with a lot of people this week and one of my kids said he probably had the iPhone 500 and he actually had it with him and that's how he survived because he's Jesus, you know. I don't think so. Um, made me laugh though. Do you feel, especially just tasting that moment there, do you feel the need to take a break from the noise and the clutter of the world, of technology, of technology, of your smartphone? Maybe you feel almost a kind of a longing you can sense when you start to think about Jesus in the wilderness for 40 na- days. Do you start to long for that? You start to feel like, wow, actually that,
0: whew,
1: and you say, well, I can never do it, but, you know, that would be amazing to go out into the wilderness. One of the One of the quotes that came out of the book that we're looking at talked about how we have, it is unusual to do this. It's unusual to have quiet spaces to just sit and feel the quiet. And so the author of Seculosity says that there's fewer and fewer places left where passivity can reliably be experienced where just sitting there is not frowned upon, but understood as laudatory, even necessary. People are craving it. Maybe you crave it this morning. I watched the movie called First Reformed. It came out, I think, last fall or spring a lot of spiritual and church themes in that movie and in an interview afterwards the director Paul Schrader who also was the director of Taxi Driver he said you don't walk out of church because you're bored you go to church to be bored to have that time and you could have it in your room in the lotus position or you could have it in a pew it's essentially the same thing for me and that's what I enjoy about it. I think he's experiencing the craving for the wilderness. Wilderness, desert, it's actually a theme. It's kind of like an archetype. It's a meta-theme throughout the Bible in terms of people's spiritual journey. It's a real thing where people meet God in, literally in the wilderness, but it also functions at a, at a level of kind of Metaphor. That's why I talked about that moment, those moments of quiet, as entering into a moment of wilderness this morning together. And throughout the history of the Christian movement, since Jesus, there have been times where people, um, there's always been times where people suddenly, because of their faith in Jesus and their familiarity with the scriptures, where they decide to go out to the wilderness or the desert, They feel so led to it. And sometimes it happens in a cultural moment and there's a lot of people doing it in certain centuries of the Christian church. Sensing the need for wilderness. My fear, I think it's quite justified because I see it in myself, is that smartphones are so interwoven into the working, into the everyday living of you and I, Smartphones are working against our own spiritual health. They're definitely often barricading us from encountering the wilderness. The question of the week was, how many notifications do you get in a day? And four there were four answers. Someone said at least fifty. The trick is to finding the five important notifications buried in the chaff like that someone said zero I still have a flip phone Mm -hmm. someone said depends on how active the group chats are usually 100 plus someone said not a ton these days I turned a lot of them off I think what a smartphone represents for us is The opposite of what the desert represents for us. I really do. I think that um, it really, they work kind of just on opposite things. The smartphone is about enabling more to get done easier. The desert is about saying you're going to get way less done and it's going to be way harder to do even the most basic things. And really this was began as a, a sermon prepared around the theme of this book. Technology is one of the chapters in here. But I quickly realized that this really, we really just have to talk about smartphones because they embody 95%, it seems like, of the technology that we live with and that we are integrating. And also it's so new. And also I've never heard of a sermon on smartphones. So I had to be the first one. smartphones never deliver on their promise the promise is and really if you think about all of human history this should be true the promise of you'll have so much more time if you think about it no maps you know your emails right there even while you're doing any number of other activities you could also be working your shopping is all right there. Your information gathering is right there. And you go on and on and on. I like to joke about all the things you would have to carry with you. You know, old-school things that now are all in a smartphone. You know, you'd have to have a big belt full of all these. You have your 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 directory, your phone book back here, and you'd have your maps over here, and you'd have your flashlight right here, and you just, you know, you just keep adding all your calculators over here and you just keep adding, your computer is dragged along on wheels behind you. It's all right there. And yet, isn't it interesting? The smartphone creates, in a sense, more time, but we spend most of that extra time glued to the meaningless stuff on the screen, because it offers you that side as well. Or, if you're like me, any bit of saving on efficiency and time, you immediately, your eyes get big and greedy with that time. Well, now I can be busy with a whole bunch of other things. So you just, you never actually reach that point that seems like, you know... You'd run into one or two people who were like, hey, you know, I got it dialed in, I use my smartphone for an hour in the morning and an hour at night, and I get everything important done, and all the rest of the day I can just pray and I can hang out with people and be present to everything that's going on. It almost seems like someone should have written a book about that yet, but I don't think anybody has. At least I haven't seen it. And instead, I think what often we find ourselves back with an age-old spiritual problem that Um, There's an old word for it. You've probably heard the word sloth. And we think of lazy. And so people are saying using the word acedia instead. Some people, when they talk about sloth, because sloth has so many connotations of just, hey, you're lazy. And that's not really what acedia means. Richard John Newhouse explains it this way. Acedia is evenings without number obliterated by television. Evenings neither of entertainment nor education, but of narcoticized defense against time and duty. Mm. Above all, acedia is apathy, the refusal to engage the pathos of other lives and of God's life with them. And if that's a little too wordy, And lofty for you, someone else said, acedia is purposelessness disguised as constant commotion. Is the smartphone enabling that? Jesus goes into the wilderness. The Spirit leads him into the wilderness. And we need to follow Jesus into the wilderness for a lot of things. I, was, I had a longer list of things to go into, but I really only have time for one. And that is we need to go into the wilderness to be tested. And I want to make sure you hear that word, you think about what that word means to you. Entering into spiritual wilderness to be tested. Tested. And then we'll talk about what kind of testing. In Deuteronomy 8... The Bible's reviewing the journey of the ancient Israelites, and it says, Remember how the Lord your God led you all the way in the wilderness these 40 years to humble and test you in order to know what was in your heart, whether or not you would keep his commands. He humbled you, causing you to hunger, and then feeding you with manna, which neither you nor your ancestors had known, to teach you that people do not live on bread alone, but on every word that comes from the mouth of God. Israel was in the desert for 40 years. They were tested Jesus goes into the desert for 40 days. He's tested in the wilderness. What kind of testing is this? I know a lot of you like to pass tests, you like to get the high score on the test. It's a little different than that. In the wilderness, everything is more difficult. That's part of how it begins, how it becomes a test, because just even the basics, let alone any of the additional things, food, water, rest, shade, traveling, clothing. So it's really the opposite of what the smartphone does. The smartphone is every day trying to make something easier and quicker for you. The desert makes it Harder and slower and more difficult And so the wilderness pushes you, and whether we're talking about actually going into the wilderness, or whether we're talking about a wilderness time of your life, or a wilderness time in your day, like a 10 minutes of silence, like the two minutes we just had, the wilderness pushes you to your freakout point. I know some of you all have a freakout point. You like to act like you don't, and you smile and try not to freak out when you're here. But you, you've been freaking out. The wilderness pushes you to your freak out point. You're like, you know, you don't want to get to your freak out point. The wilderness will push you there, and it will, it will basically say, what shortcuts are underneath your freaking out? What shortcuts are you going to, and what... Faith issues are behind your shortcuts, the shortcuts you're taking. Remember, the smartphone is all about shortcuts. That's why I wanted us to all put it in the basket before we started. If you came in late, you lucked out. Everybody's smartphones are in a basket up here. There's still time. (laughs) So the desert exposes the spiritual immaturity of our shortcuts. It did that with ancient Israel. It does that. With Jesus, it does that with us. Wilderness, desert, dark valleys. It's kind of like a smog test in a way. In some ways. When you go and you take your car to a smog lab center, they give you a printout at the end. It shows you some of the things. It gives you, you know, a readout. It assesses. I like the word assessment almost better than test. So you go to the smog place, the the printout, there is a pass-fail. We'll get to that in a minute. But with the smog test, just think about how you get a piece of paper, and it sometimes will itemize things or list things. It gives you a status report on how your car's doing and how polluted it is. This desert is kind of the same. You get to see up close how polluted your life and your soul is getting. So it's a reality check, and it reveals things about your spiritual fitness, your muscles. It, it tells you things that you are excited to hear. It gives you, some, you know, some good news. Sometimes when you're in the wilderness or a dark valley or the desert, but sometimes, always there, always really, there's the other side of it. There's the needs improvement category. That is what the desert really brings out and so the wilderness is a place of painful grace in the best possible way and some of you know what I'm talking about because the wilderness brings you to the, that, that, that point of pain and struggle and difficulty and desperation and hunger and thirst and yet there's grace because it reminds you that no one passes the wilderness test we all need someone to go in the wilderness on our behalf, before us. That's why I said intentionally we need to follow Jesus into the wilderness. We don't lead Jesus out in the wilderness. See, when Jesus goes out and when the Gospels tell us about Jesus going into the wilderness, the Spirit leading him to the wilderness for 40 days, we are given these amazing parallel lingo things around 40. It's intentional. Jesus is us. Jesus becomes us. Jesus gets into our shoes. That's what the incarnation is all about. And Jesus becomes ancient Israel again. It's like a redo. Jesus is going out into the desert ahead of us. Jesus is going out because Jesus will be the first one to remain pure through the desert, the wilderness journey. And eventually Jesus will be led. This is really almost just part A of his wilderness journey because it eventually leads towards the wilderness of his suffering and his death on the cross, all of which he's doing For us, he's entering into our shoes and walking there for us because we can't pass the wilderness test. We can't come out pure on our own. We love to turn everything into a pass-fail test, don't we? For a long time, and I've been honest with people about this, for a long time... I was doing nothing but, when we were starting City Life Church, and I was the leader starting City Life Church, I was doing nothing but making City Life Church into a pass-fail test for the world's acceptance, for God's acceptance. Talk about a minister getting it wrong. and That's humbling, but then the gospel can speak out of that because that's all of our problem is making turning everything into a new pass-fail test. Don't let what I'm talking about, about going into the wilderness, about distancing yourself maybe once in a while from your smartphone, is some kind of pass-fail test. Jesus has passed. And when the devil says, or when the devil doesn't say this, but the text tells us, verse 13, when the devil had finished all this tempting, he left him, until an opportune time, there would be another time when Jesus would face the same kind of tempting. The same kind of... These are all shortcut temptations, too.
2: Take a shortcut.
1: Take the easier way. Eventually, Jesus would go all the way, the difficult way of suffering and death, so that you are freed from all pass-fail tests with God. Let every moment of wilderness that you are graced with, let every moment of wilderness you open yourself up to or even embrace, let every moment of wilderness be a moment to receive God's painful grace. So what's your next wilderness step? I would like you now, as we kind of closed our eyes and reflected at the beginning, I would like you to begin a moment of reflection now and consider your moment of wilderness. I'm going to put this basket up here. Maybe some of you are so happy that you don't have your smartphone that you don't even want to come up and get it. But consider this, either, uh, as you close your eyes and consider what I mean by a moment of wilderness. Maybe, literally, you are going to go into the outdoors. Maybe you are going to be voluntarily go somewhere at a specific time to be inconvenienced by nature's inefficiency. Maybe it's figurative. Maybe you are going to, you're sensing uh, the need to have a part of a day or a whole day or a series of times where you have no screens and there are certain technologies you refrain from. Maybe you decide regularly on a commute or on a drive that you make to go in silence if you're alone instead of having noise music, news, and you enter into the wilderness even as cars are flying past you. Just silence. Maybe you begin to practice centering prayer or you rekindle a practice of centering prayer. That's praying with silence. Maybe you have a Sabbath day you want to start entering into or you have that coming up. So, maybe it has something to do with limiting your smartphone usage. Whatever the case may be, when you have thought of something, then I invite you to come up and get your phone, your smartphone out, and go back to your seat. Listen for God's voice. God, help us as we identify where, where might we need to taste the wilderness a little bit in our lives. you have something specific come up and grab your phone and go back and find your seat Thank you.
2: I think along with doing this action of responding, um, it's important to also respond in prayer. Um, So we respond to hearing God's word through offering prayers on behalf of the church and the world. Um, The communal response is, Lord, hear our prayer, and then you will also be invited to join your voices together in the Lord's prayer. So let us pray. As a people that constantly interact with technology, being aware that it's a part of so many aspects of our lives. God, guide us to a place of having healthy relationship with it, keeping us from having technology rule our sense of success and efficiency. We pray this to the Lord. Lord, hear our prayer. For City Life Church to always be a community with deepening faith, that we may display credibility of your gospel. May there be people that we know who become intrigued by your grace, through what they see in this community we pray this to the lord lord hear our prayer for all those throughout our city without homes that you would carefully provide for each of them that you would inspire us toward compassionate action and that systematic factors would increasingly change so that fewer people would find themselves on the street we pray this to the lord lord hear our prayer Now let us pray in the words given by Jesus to his disciples, saying, Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name, your kingdom come, your will be done, on earth as in heaven. Give us today our daily bread. Forgive us our sins, and forgive those who sin against us. Deliver us from the time of trial, and deliver us from evil. For the kingdom, the power, and the glory are yours